0: Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. I am so blessed with the opportunity to be able to not only preach the word, but most importantly, I want to share my testimony. What I'm talking about today is not something that you'll typically here at a church most churches i would say especially nowadays like to keep a topic like this on the you know down low as my people would say you know people (laughs) my age would say keep it low key you know and i want to change that and i'm so thankful that our leadership and our church most importantly is willing to be able to keep it real you know God's word tells us to keep it real. I mean, you know what? In this church, we keep it real. We keep, we keep it real, and we just, you know, we're honest with each other. And so today, we're going to be talking about the truth about porn. And to start off, I just want to start off with some statistics. If you know me, I'm a little bit of a nerd. And so we're going to start off with a little bit of facts. So first... Every second, 28,258 users are watching porn on the internet. Every second. Every day, 68 million search queries related to porn or 25% of all total searches are generated. 40 million American people regularly visit porn sites. So imagine we have about 300 to 400 million people here in the US, 40 million Americans. And the median age of first exposure to pornography is now 14 years old. And then, lastly, 93.2% of boys and 62.1% of girls first see porn before they turn 18. And unfortunately, I was one. I'm a part of that statistic. And chances are, if you're a parent, your kids at some point in their lives have probably ex- been exposed to pornography. It may not have been on purpose, but it could have been an accident. But regardless, they were still exposed. And like I said, I fall under that statistic. And I just want to share with you my testimony. But before I do, I want to share a verse, and it's found in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And so I'm not sharing this to boast, I'm not sharing this to, you know, gas myself up, but I'm sharing this so that if you or you know someone that's struggling with pornography, that you can be encouraged and that there is hope, and that there is freedom in Jesus. And so, where do I even start? So even back, it was back in elementary school. I was in the sixth grade. I was 12 years old. And you know me. You know, a little church boy, a little drummer boy, don't really, you know, nice and innocent. But, you know, I was hanging around with the wrong group of guys. And one day... They bust out, bust out a PSP and they had some porn on And they're like, hey, look at this. Look what we saw. I was like, okay. I didn't really know what was going on. But then when I saw it that first time, there was just something in me that just like sparked. And unfortunately, that turned into a wildfire. And so for years on end, For about 10 years of my life I struggled so much with being addicted to pornography. There were times where I'd watch it every day. There were times where I was on and off for a couple months. But there was always this stronghold, this chain that had me bound. And that was from pornography. It was only last year about March last year, where I told myself and I told God, God, enough is enough. I am so tired of this cycle going back and forth. I am so done. I want to be free. And so it was at that point of my life, last year, 21 years old, where I said, I've had enough. And ever since then, once I surrendered that sin, once I surrendered that desire to the Lord, he set me free. And ever since then, I've been completely clean. And now, because I've been sharing my testimony to not only my friends, but also to others, it's empowered me and encouraged me to know that nothing is impossible with God. And so today I want to share with you what I learned throughout the past year about what the truth about porn is. The truth is, porn almost ruined my life, if I'm just going to be completely honest. There were times, especially while I was struggling, the reason why I didn't want to share, it, to share about it and, keep, and bring it to the light, especially to my leaders, is because I was scared. I was scared that people would see me differently. I was scared that my leaders would take everything away from me just because, oh, you're a sinner. You watch porn. Oh, get out of here. Well, that was not the case. I was met with so much grace. I was met with so much love, which was not what I expected. I was ex. The enemy was lying to me saying like, oh, if you're going to share this, everyone's going to see you differently. Everyone is going to think you're a bad guy. You're not going to be the same person anymore. Well, you know what? That's true because I'm definitely not the same. I've been truly changed from the inside out, body, soul, and mind. And so let me go ahead and tell you what the truth about porn is. Number one is porn is visual prostitution. That's what it is. You may the society may may make it seem like it's so oh, it's nothing, it's normal. It is visual prostitution. In and of itself, its name, pornography, it comes from the Greek word pornea. And pornea means, Illicit sexual activity, adultery. In other words, it is sin. In its its definition itself, it means sin. And the truth about porn is that it's a business. They don't care about how you feel. They don't care about what you're going through, how you're thinking. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. All they care about is the money it's deceiving, it lies to you. You know, on these screens that, or on the movies that you watch on these screens, these scenes, they're not real. It's not the real image, the real definition of what God created sex to be. It's all a lie. And it makes you feel like, oh, I can't do what they do. And you know what, it just makes you feel shame, make you feel like you're not enough. And especially for me, the, the real difficulty for me was that I kind of felt like I was alone. When I was at church, I'd see my friends and all, and they'd be, I'd see that, you know what, I feel like I'm the only one that's struggling with this. I see all my friends all happy and stuff and talking about like, oh, how they're so pure. But I'm out here feeling like I'm like the only one that's struggling with this. I, I just felt a lot of shame. And so because I felt so lonely, I feel like the only thing that can make me feel not lonely is to go and watch porn But you know what? The only only thing that can fill your need is God. God is the only one that can fill your need. And it took me so long. Of course, I'm in church. I'm doing worship and all that. And, you know, having these big Holy Spirit moments. And, yeah, I know that God is the only one that can fill my needs, fill my own desires. But it took me so long. It took me 10 years to get it here. It took me 10 years to realize that, you know what, God is truly the only one that you need. God is the only one that can fulfill everything that you need, more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And the truth is, porn desensitizes the fact that real men and women are being turned into sex objects. That's just what it is. Like I said, these people, they don't love each other. They're getting paid too. They're just doing it for the money. These people, they have zero connection to each other. They just do their job, go home, do it again, get paid, go home. It's just all a business. What you see is not the real thing. Second, is that porn affects your whole being, body, soul, and mind. And so I want us to read First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And it says this, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And so, like Pastor Don was mentioning last week, I want to repeat it one more time. That sexual sin, whether it be lust, pornography, masturbation, adultery, all of that, it affects your whole body. It says right here in God's word. And I just want to present you guys some scientific facts. Again, I'm kind of a nerd. But so, in our brain, we have chemicals called dopamine. Dopamine is like the pleasure chemical. So when you're feeling happy, chances are the dopamine is going crazy in your brain. (laughs) And so when you're watching pornography, the dopamine levels in your brain peak similar to if someone were to take drugs. The kind of high you may get from smoking weed or that rush you get from snorting some cocaine, watching pornography does about the same thing to you. And the brain activity, when they measure the brain activity of those, of a person who's an alcoholic versus someone who watches porn, the brain activity is similar, if not identical. And even for those who are married, or in a relationship arousal is harder because you're constantly chasing that first time that first rush you felt when you saw porn the first time or if you were masturbating you're trying to rush catch that rush from the first time and you're trying to you're doing it more and more and more to get back to what you felt that first time but you know what that's not the case and in fact Getting aroused gets harder. For men, you might experience erectile dysfunction. And for women, you just may not have the same kind of enjoyment or excitement. That's what porn does to you. And especially for those who are married, who constantly or continue to watch porn on a regular basis, it leads to less fruitful marriages. Because your spouse is not going to fulfill you the way watching porn did. And so, over time, it's just going to lead to a less fruitful marriage. It, porn also affects how you view the opposite sex and your own gender. You know, for so, for so long, because I was struggling with lust, and I was struggling with pornography and masturbation and whatnot, it really changed the way I saw women. Because it was harder, it was really hard for me to not think of them as just people who got nice stuff. It took me so long to realize that, you know what? All these other women are also my brother, or also my sisters. (laughs) They're also children of God, they're not brothers. Let's get that straight. (laughs) It took me so long to realize that, you know what? These women are also my sisters. They're also children of God. And who am I to see them as different? Who am I to see them as just a sex object or someone that is really hot or really sexy? Porn does that to you. And you know what? it may even affect the way you see your own gender there's different kinds of porn out there and there's you know what there's even gay porn and sometimes i didn't really struggle with this but it if you see someone of the opposite sex but naked that if you've never had that kind of attraction and if you do see that for the first time, you know what? That can also spark something in you. Porn will continually lie and lie and lie to you. And you know what? Your thought process changes. Porn worsens lust. Part of the problem for me was that I was struggling so hard with a lust problem because the lust is what led me to watch porn because i was struggling with lust my thought process would just go into overdrive if i got triggered just like that and there was absolutely no way for me to control it i want to read you guys a verse it's found in matthew 528 it says this but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You could also substitute that, um, you substitute woman for man. It goes both ways. And I remember when I read this verse or heard this verse for the first time, like truly. Trust me, I've read the book in Matthew probably like five times already, but I probably just brushed through that and thought of it as nothing. But it says here what the sin of lust means. It tells us that if you look at anyone with lust, you already committed adultery with that person in your heart. You already had sex with that person in your mind. Think about what this verse says. And you know what? For a long time, I was struggling with that. I struggled with lust. And it was so, so difficult. And I'm sure if you or you know someone that struggles with lust, you probably know how difficult it is to battle lust. Porn will also change your perception of sex. That definition of God's sex becomes perverted. It becomes changed. God created sex to be good. In the book of Genesis, it clearly states that sex is to be between man and woman under a covenant of marriage. But porn alters God's definition of not only sex, but your relationships. I feel like nowadays, because pornography is so normalized, society just thinks, like, oh, I can just, you know, do it with one person one day, and then whenever I don't feel like it, I can go leave this person and go find someone else and do the same thing, and it just becomes a cycle. It makes you feel like you can do whatever you want, like you are God. And you know what? The way you carry yourself out will change. For so long while I was struggling, I, I felt like I was a really, really different person. I'd kind of live like a double life. The person you see me on Sunday here at church, like, Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. But then I go to school during the week, and I'm just a whole different person, cussing people out, making dirty jokes, making fun of people for how they look, thinking of girls a certain way. You know what? Porn really does change the way you carry yourself out. check check all right porn really changes the way you carry yourself out and for so long I was struggling with that so much and next the next point I want to hit is if you are not against it you are for it what does that mean so uh, first I want to read a quote Giselle actually shared with shared this with me yesterday um, and I thought it was so good. And she heard it at CYIA from um, the CEF director of Southern California, Scott Julian. And he said this Sinners cannot hang onto their sins and at the same time reach out to Jesus. And so, church, what is our theme for this year? Who remembers? Just shout it out. Right. We got to be all in especially when it comes to this kind of sexual sin, you cannot be one foot in and one foot out. You got to choose. Are you going to choose to indulge yourself in that sin, to just go all into that? Or are you going to be fully sold out to what God wants you to do? Are you going to be fully sold out to what God has called you to be? Now what has he called you to be? He's called you to be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who's are you going to be all in? You got to choose a side. Are you going to choose the sin or are you going to choose God? If you are not against it, you are for it. And I don't say this to shame or condemn you, but it's the truth. God wants us to choose. He's asking us, are you all in? But you know what? Our God is so gracious and he's so kind. He does not expect any kind of perfection out of us. In God's word, it says, no one is righteous, not even one. We are all sinners and we all fall short. God knows that we are imperfect people. God knows that we're not perfect. And so, what must we do? We must live with a repentant heart. I want to read a verse found in Galatians 5, 19, verses 24. It says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all other things like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's stop right there. Paul right here is listing what the desires of our sinful nature do. And what does it do? in and of itself, sin, unforgiven, what does it do? We cannot be in heaven with God. We do not inherit what God has given to us. Let's keep going. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so how do you become all in? How do you become all in to the calling that God has called you to be? How do you become all in to being free from your sin? It tells us right here. Nail your passions and desires of your sinful nature to his cross. Not only that, crucify it there. Leave it there. Leave your past behind. You don't have to have a chain placed on you. You can choose to be set free. Nail that desire. Nail that sin. Nail whatever that is. Nail that feeling to that cross and crucify it. Leave it there. Bury it. And since you are living by the Spirit, may we all follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Again, God does not expect us to be perfect. I feel like that was something that I really struggled with. I really cared about how other people saw me. Part of the reason of why I kept it so hidden for such a long time is because I was scared. I was scared of what my friends would think about me. I was scared of what my parents would think about me. I was scared of what my family would think about me. I was scared of, what, of how the church would think about me but the thing that got me the most is how my pastors, my leaders would think about me. I felt like they expected so much out of me. And the enemy was lying to me, placing all this fake pressure on me, a pressure that I couldn't hold for myself, a burden that I couldn't carry by myself. And the enemy had me believe that lie. He had me deceived for over 10 years. But it was only then that I nailed all of that to the cross, left that all on a cross and said, Jesus, I receive your freedom. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, Lord, even when I feel like I am the worst person in the world who doesn't deserve anything in this world, you are still working in me. Because of that, Lord, I trust you. So I challenge you, church, to just trust him. Just trust him. And the next point, which I think is the biggest, biggest part of struggling with pornography, is the fact that it leads to shame. It's the shame that gets to most people. I remember in our Bible study this past Tuesday... Pastor Dawn was telling telling us as we were talking about um, shame and forgiveness, she was telling us that shame is a battle of the mind. And that is so, so true. Shame is a battle of the mind. So I want to distinguish the difference between guilt and shame. I remember for so long, I honestly had these two words kind of like Intertwined, I kind of thought they were the same thing, but I want to distinguish the difference for you guys. So guilt is recognizing that you did something wrong. That could be the Holy Spirit telling you like, hey, you kind of messed up there, man. But what shame is, is that it attaches that sin that you committed to your identity. And so because of the sin that you committed, the enemy might be telling you, like, hey, man, you're kind of bad. You're kind of a bad person. You know, uh, I don't think God loves you because you did that. You know, because you sinned, because you made that promise for the one million five hundred thousand and twenty-fourth time, I don't think you're forgiven anymore, man. That's what shame is. Attaching that sin and attaching it to your identity. And because of that, it makes it so difficult to break free from sin because of that shame. And so in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, we're going to read it together. It says this, There is no shame, no condemnation, For those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Come on. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you are a child of God, shame, condemnation, broken, done. It's nailed to that cross. It's crucified on that cross. And if you had struggled, or if you are struggling with a porn addiction, there is no condemnation. No shame. God loves you. He has set you free. You are forgiven. You are free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. God's intention was for us to live with no shame. If you remember in the garden, in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they were walking around naked without a care in the world. You know, just strolling around the garden hand in hand together, no clothes on, and they're just chilling with the Lord. But the moment they ate that apple, the moment they sinned, what did they do? What do they do they do? They felt shame. God's intention was for you to live with no shame. Because sin entered the world, the enemy has been shaming you and me for so long. But what does this verse say? There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. He's taking us back. Jesus took it back on that cross. It's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to be able to say, Jesus, I feel ashamed right now, but I know what you did on the cross. You bore my shame. You bore my condemnation on that cross. Every blood drop that was shed was for me, was for my shame, for my sin for my condemnation. And so you may be asking yourself, well, if I'm struggling, how do I overcome this? How do I overcome this addiction to porn with lust, with masturbation, etc.? The first step is to say no more. You got to make the choice to say I'm done. And I remember vividly when I made that decision. It was here at church exactly a year ago in March. I remember we were worshiping and I think we were singing Break Every Chain and they they opened up the altars and I remember for so long it was about like a, like about a month or so where I had this extreme, extreme anxiety in me. This constant feeling and thought that if I did not do anything, like, I would go crazy. I would literally go insane. And I knew, I knew that feeling was an indicator from the Holy Spirit that now is the time. You can't, you can't, you can't just block it anymore. You got to do something about it. And you know, if you know me, I am not an anxious person. I'm pretty, you know, kind of (laughs) chill. But I remember vividly um, when I was being prayed for by Andrea, she told me that Daniel You're already free. God has already broken that chain. But you just got to take that shackle off yourself. And so I feel like that's a word for someone. God has already set you free. He broke that chain. Now you just got to take the shackles off of your hands and walk like you're free. You got to walk like you're free. You got to say no more. I'm done. I've had enough. You got to make that conscious choice. And you also has, have to ask God for forgiveness. Like Dita Rose said, 1 John 1, 9. If you come to him, you confess your sins with all of your heart. God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Not only forgive, but cleanse you. He'll cleanse your heart. He'll cleanse your mind. If you confess, he will remove those images. He will remove those lustful thoughts. And you know what? He'll replace them with pure thoughts. Thoughts that are pleasing to God. And next is to bring that sin out into the light. That may be to a trusted leader. It might be to a friend. But most importantly it should be to someone who will lead you to Christ. Someone who will give you Godly advice, and for me, the people that I talked to are Pastor Don, Kuya Mike, and you know it was honestly really, really hard the first time. I remember when I fully came clean. At first, it was to Pastor Don, Andrea, and then Kuya Mike. But I remember on that Zoom call with Pastor Don and Andrea, I was sweating. Right before, I was like, hey, guys, can I uh talk to you real quick over Zoom? It's such a random time. And they're probably like, okay. <laughs> but I'm out here sweating, shaking, like, oh, my gosh, this could go really good or really bad. <laughs> but, you know, when you're surrounded by people that truly love the Lord and understand what Jesus did on that cross, there's no reason to be afraid. If they are truly walking with the Lord, they shouldn't make you feel like you're ashamed. They shouldn't make you feel like you suck. You're not enough. And I'm so grateful for our leaders that they are true representations of Jesus Christ. Amen? So bring that sin out. Into the light. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. It says this Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children, flooded with his revelation light, and the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so when you walk in the light, when you bring that sin out into the life, you will see the fruit that God will produce in you. What are those three fruits? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. So God wants us to walk out into the light. And next, take those lustful thoughts captive. It tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to take our thoughts captive and then teach them to obey Christ. So not only do you take that thought captive, not only do you say, this thought, lust, pornography, masturbation, I take you captive, you must obey God in Jesus' name. And not only that, replace it with truth. If you're thinking, "Oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with myself," I keep looking at this girl because X, Y, and Z. Replace it with truth, Matthew five twenty-eight. But anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart. As us Hoopers would say, you gotta, you gotta expand your bag. You gotta put some more moves in there. You gotta got to put some more arrows in your quilt the word of God is our weapon and I feel like our the church today the whole body of Christ kind of underestimates the power of the word of God they don't know that they got the sword of the spirit in their hands they got the most powerful weapon in the palm of their hands so use it use it declare truth over yourself. And next is if you feel that temptation, surrender that temptation immediately and let him fight for you. When I was struggling, I a lot of my triggers were because of social media. It was things that I saw on like Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and I didn't know how to control myself. I would always think, like, oh yeah, like, I could do it myself. I can, I can control it myself. Like, I don't even got to worry. It's fine. I got it. I'm strong. I can do it myself. But it doesn't work. It's not by might or by power, but by your spirit alone. It's, only by the holy spirit with his help that you can overcome temptation and if you're feeling ashamed for even feeling tempted just cuz you feel tempted doesn't mean you sinned jesus was tempted too but what was his response it is written so if you're feeling tempted you need to pull out your sword you need to pull out those the moves in your bag say, it is written. 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 And whatever that truth is that you want to declare, it is written. And so I encourage you to memorize a scripture that you can stand upon and use as a weapon. If you're feeling shame, declare of yourself, there's no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Because the power of the life-giving spirit has already freed me from sin that leads to death. And if you're feeling like you got a chain on you, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You need to declare truth over yourself. Next is to address the root. To every sin, to every problem, there is always a root cause. And so address it. For one person, it might be abuse. For some, someone else, it might feel shame. Or it might be loneliness. You need to ask God, God, what are the roots? What was the root to this problem? And Holy Spirit, help me uproot it. Lord, I know it's going to be a difficult process. But Lord, uproot this root and plant new roots in me. And so not only do you ask God to plant these new roots in you, but you need to cultivate it. If you're if you got that green thumb, you know, planting plants and making and letting it grow a lot it takes some hard work. That's right. That's true. It does. My dad knows that all too well. We have a whole garden in the front and backyard. <laughs> but you gotta work. Being set free from pornography is going to take work. It's going to take setting some boundaries for yourself. And most importantly, it's going to take you to protect not only your mind, but consciously you need to protect your eyes, you need to protect your ears, and you also need to protect what comes out of your mouth. You got to set these boundaries for yourself. And so one example Learn your triggers. For me, it was images. If I, For example, if I saw someone in the tiniest bikini, oh! Pff, if I don't control that thing, I'm going to go from zero to 100 real quick. So you got to learn your triggers. And not only that, not, not only learn your triggers, but cut them out. So what is that? For me, one of the hardest things for me to do was cutting out rap music. Because I'm a drummer and I'm a musician, I love me a good beat. And I'm not gonna lie, rappers nowadays got some fire beats. I love me some Drake, but not no more. You got to learn your triggers, it might be a show. It might be a movie. you got to watch out with what you watch. One, thing, one step that I take, especially if it's like a PG-13 or any other kind of movie. I don't even touch rated R movies anymore. But I always check the parent's guide. Especially when it comes to the sex and nudity part. If there's something that says that there's like some kind of scene where... Some people are exposed. I'll just pass on it. My own sexual integrity, my own thoughts, my walk with Christ is more important than just watching a show and telling other people that, oh yeah, I saw that too. That was cool. Is it really worth it? What do you value more? What is more, what is more of a priority in your life? And also for me, it also took deleting some apps. I had to delete TikTok. I had to delete Snapchat. And then even with the social media apps that I do have now, like Instagram, I went through every single person that I followed and filtered it out. If it was someone I did not know, or someone that I know that I, even if I do know, post some bad stuff, I'll unfollow them. And if they ask me, oh, why do you unfollow me? Sorry. <laughs> what do you value? What is more important to you? And so to close, I'm gonna go ahead and ask the worship team to come up. Go ahead and close with this verse. 2 Corinthians 5 17. It says this This means that anyone Who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And so, if you make that decision for yourself where you say, No more, if you're struggling and you say, No more, being set free is a choice. But the first step to the Holy Spirit's conviction in you is obedience. You got to obey. Are you going to say, Holy Spirit, I know it's hard. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel like I can be free, I will trust you. I will surrender my desires to you. Are you willing to do that? And for those who may not be struggling, how can you do better? I feel like the church as a whole, the whole body of Christ, kind of has a stigma around sexual sin. Like, oh, if you're struggling with this, oh, you're real bad. But if you just lie a little bit, oh, you are right. You are right. But God tells us that all sins are weighted the same. And so I ask you, church, what are you going to do when someone confesses to you that they have been struggling with pornography? or even not with pornography, what are you going to do if someone walks through those doors and they're struggling with same-sex attractions? Are you going to shame them like the rest of the church might do? Or are you going to love them like Jesus would? Are you going to love that person who's struggling with pornography Or are you going to shame them just like the enemy would? So I was just going to ask everyone to go ahead and stand to their feet. Father God, we just thank you so much for your spirit. That there is power in the name of Jesus. that when we speak the name of Jesus giants fall when we declare the name of Jesus strongholds break and there is healing in the name of Jesus and so if you are struggling or if you know someone who is struggling with lust or pornography I want you to raise your hands and just pray just pray Pray for healing, intercede on their behalf. There is nothing that our God can't do because where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. You have access to that same Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, set us free, set us free. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.